Welcome to Festival Nation on the Pantheon Podcast Network. Here's your host, Marla Davies. Hey, it's Marla Davies, and welcome to Festival Nation, the podcast where we celebrate the magical world of music festivals and live music. Coming up today, we'll talk to Chris Rollis, drummer for Pat Benatar's band. The late summer and fall season of 2021 has been pretty exciting, with music festivals starting again, along with tours and live music. As Pat Benatar and Neil Giraldo's band came through San Jose at the San Jose Civic on September 8th, I couldn't resist. I had a chance to see Pat pre-COVID at the Shoreline Amphitheater in Mountain View, and I was blown away by her amazing pipes. Still, she's the real deal. And when you add Spider's guitar and Mick Mahan's bass and Chris Rollis's drumming, you have one hell of a band. Although Pat and Neil weren't playing a festival, they were playing live music. I picked up a ticket. It was about 100 bucks. Tickets around 75 and then the usual $20 convenience fee. Hey, you know what? After we've been through, I'm not even complaining about that extra charge nonsense. I'm so grateful to go to a show. I got in touch with drummer Chris Rollis, and he agreed to do an interview for my podcast. My first thought was meeting up with him at the historic San Jose Civic the night of the show, bringing my mic and recorder and doing a simple interview on site. Well, that became too complicated with COVID protocols and backstage restrictions. We decided a phone interview the day after the show would be better. Hey, Chris, how you doing? Just getting to be alive. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Morning sunshine. <laughs> yeah, I, we got in around, oh, I guess around 3.30 in the morning and uh, just crashed out. And I opened my eyes at 10.15 and went, oh, God, I got to get up and get ready. <laughs> well, luckily, we're not. it's not Zoom, so we can't see you. Right. <laughs> you don't have to look your fabulous self. So you drove on the bus to Paso Robles last night after the show here in San Jose, right? Yeah. And do you sleep on, are you able to sleep on the bus or not? Yeah. Yeah. We have bunks and, you know, it's comfortable. Is it? Uh, it's cozy? Yeah, it's nice. It's, you know, depending on where we are, California has some of the worst roads in the country. Yeah. So, you know, it's really bumpy and rough. But, uh, you know, once you get tired enough, you fall asleep. Well, yeah. I mean, as a drummer, I was thinking like there, you never see a fat drummer. I mean, you, I was telling, <laughs> I was telling your cousin, Nikki, who's my friend, Nikki Ross. I was like, Chris looks super skinny. I mean, more skinny than usual. I mean, drumming is a, has a good workout. <laughs> well, it is that, that, uh, you know, I was surprised when I heard years and years ago that Buddy Rich, you know had to have heart uh, bypass surgery because he was the most active drummer. And I was like, well, wait a minute. I thought drummers were supposed to be constantly working out and healthy. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes things don't work out that way. You know how it goes. <laughs> DNA and all that crap. And, and yeah, high fat diets. <laughs> oh, high fat. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that when you're on the road, that is such a temptation just to eat horribly. Oh my God. Well, you know, there's food everywhere. Food is constantly around you. So yeah, it, you find yourself just, you know, picking up little things and putting them in your mouth and, uh, you go later on, you think, well, I didn't need anything today. Oh, right. And then you go, okay, wait a minute. No, I did. I had a cookie. Okay. Right. <laughs> and anything fried is super good. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, last night after I saw you, uh, you know, they have food for us after the show and I'm 
really trying not to order like hamburgers and things like that. So yeah. I, you know, got some, uh, some baked chicken and, you know, being good. How sensible <laughs> and a salad. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes that's all I'll get is a salad. And, you know, it's just, you want to, after the show, you just want to chew on, you know, something. And a lot of times, you know, uh, they'll have pizza for you and of stuff course. like that. And I really try and avoid that stuff, but you know, that's, I can I can't always do that. Sometimes pizza. pizza. <laughs> Who doesn't? Everyone loves pizza. You also mountain bike when you're on the road. You take your collapsible bike and try to ride around. Yeah, this year I don't have a my uh, folding mountain bike. I have a little folder one-speed bike. It's called a Strida, and it's way smaller, and it folds up to about the size of a golf bag. So, uh, and it's it's really weird looking. I'm sure if people look it up online. They'll see it's this A-frame looking thing that folds up in about five seconds, and um, it it tops out at about eleven to. 12 miles an hour, depending on, you know, how you ride. Yeah. But that thing is so great. I can fit it in the bay of the bus, you know, pull it out on my day off, go for a, you know, 50, 60 mile bike ride on it. And, um, and then also, you know, if I go to do laundry or I want to go see a movie or whatever, I, I don't not, you know, dependent on taxis or Uber. Yeah, and you don't even have to lock it up, right? You can probably collapse it and take it in. Well, you can't. Some places will let you collapse it and wheel it in, but uh, you know, I bring a lock and yeah. lock it. Yes, that's but, cool. Uh, yeah, you got to take care of your health. Festival Nation celebrating the magical world of music festivals. Hey, it's Marla Davies. You know, this was a first for me since COVID. The show was indoors, and that makes everything a bit more tricky. To enter, we had our temperature taken. Mine, ninety-six point three. Then we showed our vaccination cards or recent negative COVID tests, and we were verifying that with our IDs. And don't forget the bag check, scan your tickets, and it's showtime. The staff was friendly, patient, and polite, and we were instructed to wear our masks unless we were eating or drinking. Most everybody complied, and if we forgot, we were kindly reminded to wear our masks. Beside the new protocols, it felt like a normal concert with hugs from old friends and lots of singing and dancing. Here's a taste from the show. It's Pat Benatar and Neil Giraldo and the band, and Hell is for Children, recorded at the San Jose Civic, September 8, 2021. Don't tell me how you feel. You're a good boy, you're getting 
You're listening to Festival Nation, and today we're talking to Chris Rollis, the drummer for Pat Benatar's band. We connected with Chris after the San Jose show. The backstage scene is so different now with COVID and so many restrictions. We met in the parking lot behind the San Jose Civic and chit-chatted. There was no hanging out backstage, and out of extreme precaution, there was no backstage guests. We wore our masks and socially distanced. The masks were actually helpful, protecting us from the exhaust fumes from the running tour buses. I asked Chris, how has the backstage scene changed with COVID? Well, it's uh, it's just really everyone is wearing masks to, you know, try and um, minimize any possibility of, you know, contaminating anybody if, if, for any reason. But uh, every two days, everyone tests. So uh, we do, you know, uh, the quick test uh, every two days to make sure everything's good. And fingers crossed, everything so far has been great. And I, I think that all of the venues, there are some, some uh, venues now, like Live Nation is, I think that they're requiring people to test when they come to work every day oh. uh, before they can even get to the stage area. So we're pretty, you know, and Pat had <clears throat> her own uh, COVID rules and restrictions uh, that we all went through uh, prior to even leaving Los Angeles. And uh, so that, you know, that included testing every two days. Um, and you wear, you know, a lot of uh, wearing your mask backstage, uh, unless we're performing, obviously we can't, you know, wear it then. But we're all, you know, trying to just get through this thing uh, without a hiccup. Right. And, uh, we got seven more weeks and fingers crossed, uh, everyone stays healthy and we, you know, we make it through. I feel the same. I mean, I have tickets to some shows and I'm just crossing my fingers. Nothing backfires, you know, because people get lax. I was at the show last night and they did require masks when you came in and we showed our vaccination cards, I guess, or a negative COVID test. And they did all the, the things you were supposed to do. But people are having a beer. The mask comes down. You know, it just it people get, you know, lazy, let's say. So it well, happens. And, and yeah, and I'm guilty of walking into a store or something and I just walk in and then I have my mask in my pocket and I'll. I realized, oh, God, right? <laughs> I fumbled to put it on, uh, you know. And then like last night, I was looking out in the crowd uh, when John Waite was playing. He opened for us. Yes. And um, he was fantastic, by the way. I got to say that. He always is. And uh, I was, you know, from the side of the stage looking out. And there were people just watching. And some weren't wearing masks, you know. Uh, I and then, so, you know, good majority were. So I don't know if people are forgetting they're drinking their beer and then they get involved in what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it happens. But, uh, and, you you know, find so. I found myself seeing some friends when the masks were done. One of the ushers came over and said, guys, masks. We're like, oh, crap. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. I know. Oh, I know. We we can't you know, we started the tour up in Washington State uh, about a week or so ago and worked our way down. Well, by the time we got to Oregon, you know, they've got a very strict mask mandate indoor and outdoor. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're, I'm ready to walk on stage and I'm, we're, we're standing backstage ready to do our backstage, you know, uh, you know, ritual. And, uh, 
I, I'm standing there and this guy walks up to me and goes, sir, I'm going to have to ask you to put your mask on. And I was like, but oh, okay, I'm, I'm ready to walk on stage. And I wasn't even thinking about it, you know. And Did you get goes, to perform you. without the masks on? And- oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Because once you're on stage, you, you know, you have to. There's there's you have no to. way I That's could play drums. I couldn't get enough air breathing through that thing playing drums. Yeah, and it was nice to anyway. see your faces, honestly. Well, yeah, I guess that's, uh, you know, I don't, usually I scare everybody. So uh, <laughs> this is probably a good, good thing. No, come but, on. What is uh, your backstage ritual? Oh, you know, uh, we do the fist bump and, you know, normally uh, Neil and Mick and I would do our fist bump between each other and then Pat would give us a little kiss on the cheek and, you know, good luck, have a good show. And now, you know, there's none, none of the, cheek kissing air kisses so, you know we do a little fist bump with her now so oh. uh <laughs> that's it the simple ritual of the oh, Pat yeah, Benatar yeah. band it's, you know it's funny sometimes Mick and I'll take off walking to the stage and the tour manager will come running after us you didn't do the thing you didn't do the oh. thing <laughs> and it uh, you know they feel it's just it's gotta happen or you know uh, right it's a, it's superstition a good luck, it's a good yeah, luck thing. good luck John I'm Marla Davies, and this is Festival Nation. The San Jose show on September 8th was just the sixth show on the multi-city tour, which is crisscrossing across the United States. The Pat Benatar, Neil Giraldo, DeNovo 21 tour started in Washington State, headed to Oregon and then Southern California before the band arrived here in Silicon Valley. In San Jose, our opener was John Waite of the Babies fame, playing with a three-piece acoustic set. Here's a live cut from the San Jose show. and I'm your host, Marla Davies. Today I'm talking to Chris Rollins, drummer from Pat Benatar's band. Chris is a big fan of John Waite and says he loves having John open for them. The very first show we did up in Washington State, John opened the show on that one, and he had the full band. And they were great. Yeah, they were great. He's opened for a number of years, uh, you know, over the past, I don't know, 10 or so years uh, with us. And I'm such a huge fan. Uh, He's so, so you know, uber talented. I mean, it's just oh my God. clever and, you know, still pretty good looking, I have to say. Oh, yeah. Very handsome. Very handsome very man. Funny. Not bad to look at. And, you know, his voice is <laughs> his voice is beautiful. 
You oh know, my God! Yeah, yeah it's, it, that was really a treat. I thought, you know, I know you've been in the music business forever, but is there a time that you were like in a backstage moment, or you know, in your while you were performing, or just at a gig or something that you just looked around and go, "Oh my God, this is it! This is it! I'm living the dream." Oh, jeez! Every time, Aww. every time you go out there and you know, you you I sit behind the kit and I just look and think, "Oh my God, this is." This is incredible. And, you know, even if it's a thousand people or 20,000 people, you know, you just look and think, what am I doing here? You know, you pinch yourself, right? <laughs> yes. It's, it's the best feeling ever. You know, I, I can't imagine when I, if I ever retire and I don't have this every year because it's a, it's, it's like a drug you get up there and it's this feeling that you're just, Oh my God, this is so cool. You mm -hmm. know? And it, 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 and it also can be very nerve wracking. Like when we took our, you know, 18 months off for this COVID uh, pandemic, when we came back, it felt, you know, it felt like, Oh, do I still know how to do this? Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking funny. at everybody out there going, please forgive me if I make a mistake. I think everyone's pretty forgiving. You know, we feel the same way as an audience because we're thinking, gosh, do we know how to do this how, to get ready for a show <laughs> and get out there and pace yourself? You know, there's a little rituals we do as an audience, you know, to get to the show. So we're a yeah. little rusty too, I have to say, but not bad. It, you know, it comes yeah. back. It comes back. Well, but the audiences have been really great. I think everybody has been just, you know, crazy to get to a show and do do things, get back to normal. And, you know, it's, it's great to see all the smiling faces and people enjoying themselves. And I'm hoping that it just gets better from here. You know, I, Me too. I would hate to see things go the other way and then we have to, take time off again and, and you know if every everybody gets a little stir crazy i know i did everybody did and you know a lot of reinvention during covid and you oh were mentioning God, yeah. how you started a lot of people did some creative things and you started a weekly neighborhood concert series yes uh some good friends of mine that live out in la crescenta in california they uh they have this great driveway it's very unique this it's a big cement pad that's kind of elevated about four feet off of the street and it's a parking pad for you know the to park their cars but if it's uh it turned into a perfect stage so you know they that dave blasucci and manny williams those are the uh two that live there uh they're a couple and i've known dave forever uh we met many many years ago he's a fantastic guitar player songwriter and singer well multi-instrumentalist really and uh, so they were doing they decided hey let's let's play for the neighborhood and they set up a little pa and dave played his acoustic guitar and mandy sang and about 30 people show up and they're like oh this is fun you know with, with was it just, unannounced or just sort was, of word of mouth unannounced and okay. it would they thought let's just do this for the neighborhood and it's a unique little cross section where they live uh it, it no cars really drive by there so everybody kind of came and put their you know there was about 15 or 20 people that put their lawn chairs out and brought stuff to drink and the kids were running around playing so then uh, they did that for a couple of weeks and then dave called me and said listen we 
you know, we're doing this thing. Would you want to bring a cajon and we'll do it as a three piece? And I thought, well, that sounds fun. So I showed up and just with your cajon, you didn't bring uh, your kit, nothing. Nothing, just a little, little cajon. cajon. I, I like a little cajon. cajon. I have a little yeah. cajon. You whip it out at a party and, you know. Oh, yeah. Fun. Oh, they're, they're fantastic. So I brought that and Dave advertised on Facebook. Oh, the drummer for Pat Benatar is going to come and sit Ooh. in with us this weekend. And I show up thinking, I didn't know he advertised it. And I, he, uh, I show up thinking, well, you know, I'll play for a couple hours and there'll be 20 or 30 people there. This will be fun. We're kind of, you know, this was during the the height of the pandemic. It was about a year ago. And uh, I thought, well, we're a good 50 feet from anybody. This will be fun. And I show up and there's about a hundred people. And he <laughs> says, Oh, I advertised this on Facebook. <laughs> and I, okay, this looks like fun. And they put a tip jar out and everybody was very generous. And so we did this every Saturday from seven to nine o'clock at night. And it just grew and grew. So we thought, well, we need to add a bass player to this mix. So we called our buddy Bill Sinkay, who played bass for Neil Diamond uh, for the last three years of, of Neil's touring career. Mm -hmm. And he came down and then it was a four piece. And then we thought, well, well let's, let's add keyboards to this thing. It so just we keeps called, growing, right? Yes. Yeah, so then we called our buddy, John Barafato, who plays, uh, played keyboards for Glenn Campbell a while back and it just kept growing. And then it got to where I was competing with a full band, beating my hands to death on this little cajon. Oh, so you that's still had the cajon going. Yes. So <laughs> then I thought, oh my, I can't go home with, you know, it, it, it was killing me. So I said, I, you guys, I'm bringing a drum set next week. And then it just grew to this full band. Then we could start really playing any songs we wanted to, you know. And, were you playing cover uh, songs or originals or what were you playing? This was all cover songs. Okay. And uh, and stuff that, you know, that not all the cover bands play because we weren't at a club. We could do whatever we wanted. And people would shout out songs and we'd look at each other and go, okay, we can do that. Oh, that's so fun. <laughs> now, you yeah. said you got some tips. What kind of tips? Good spending oh, money? It was it was good. There Sometimes there'd be about a thousand bucks in the jar. Nice. I'm sure you make more <laughs> being the drummer for Pat Benatar, but. A little know. bit more, but not <laughs> much. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> No, it's uh, it it was the neighborhood was everybody was so generous and so kind, and they just were having a ball, and uh, so you know it it kind of kept gas in our cars and put mm -hmm. some food on sure. the table when there was no work for us, right? And uh, and so you know it it another byproduct of that was people would say, Hey, we're having a neighborhood party. Will you come and play in our driveway? So <laughs> why not? <laughs> sure. Why not? And then, uh, you know, it, it just, it's been really kind of growing. And out of this thing, Dave and I, uh, kind of had this idea, well, let's, you know, let's, put a band together, you and I kind of a duo, a real band, a, uh, something a real you want, band. Yeah, you want to do something with. Right. So uh, Dave played me this song that he had written at the time. And I said, oh, my God, I, I want to play drums on that. So I took it home. You know, I have a, a recording studio at home where I play drums, tracks for people and send out 
drum stuff. And I played drums on it, sent it to Dave and he goes, Oh, it's perfect. Okay, great. So he put it together. We, you know, he asked his cousin, uh, John Blasucci, who plays keyboards for Dennis DeYoung to play keyboards on it. And then we all recorded ourselves at our studios kind of, you know, mimicking along with our parts and he put this video together and Dave and I said, we, you and I need to do this band thing. So in the last year we've recorded nine songs and uh, we're going to put out our own little, you know, CD and make some vinyl. Whoa. And, I uh, love that. So the name of the band is, you told us this last night, moon drops, right? The moon drops. The moon drops. Yeah. And we, we have, uh, you know, We've got seven ready, or nine, sorry, nine songs ready to go. we got one more we want to finish when I get home uh, from this tour, uh, end of October. And, uh, you know, then we're going to do our finishing touches on it and try and have it out by the beginning of the year. And uh, we're really proud of it. It's, it's fun music. It's just the two of us. And then we've had uh, a couple of uh, guest artists, you know, they... Uh, play on some songs for us and we've got a couple more that we want to ask to perform some parts and you know put their their signature stamp on it nice. but it's it's very fun and dave and i have been friends for so long and it, it's just been a a very uh fun project to do without any pressure pressure you know? that's what i was going to say pressure well let's play one of the tunes which one do you want to feature and tell us a little bit about that song well, there's uh, one that we really like uh, right now. It's it's the last song that we have recorded. It's called Waiting on the Moon, and it's a ballad. Uh, it's, it's a pretty ballad, and this is uh, one that Dave uh, had uh, Mike Garson play piano on, and it just elevated the track to it's really something special. Uh, Mike uh, played keyboards with David Bowie for many years, and... He's just a brilliant piano player, keyboard player. So, uh, yeah, I would love it if you if you play that for everyone. And let's do and, it. Uh, and so we'll do that. Yeah, the moon drops, waiting on the moon.
Festival Nation, celebrating the magical world of music festivals. The Moon Drops, Waiting on the Moon, featuring Chris Rollis, drummer for Pat Benatar. More with Chris on Festival Nation after this. Festival Nation, celebrating the magical world of music festivals. Hey, it's Marla Davies, your host for Festival Nation, where we celebrate the magical world of music festivals and live music. You just heard the Moon Drops, Chris Rollis' newly created band that came about during COVID. I mentioned to Chris, hey, you've been really creative with your time and you didn't let COVID get you down. And I'm sure you finally had a chance to connect with your family. Oh, yeah, the, that was really a blessing of something that was so you know, unexpected and terrible, but it was uh, a blessing to be home with my wife for the last 18 months and uh, my wife, Mary. And uh, so, you know, that it, it, I was able to, once everybody, you know, was safely vaccinated and all that, you know, go and see my mom. She's uh, I think 82 now, okay. 82. And she lives about a half hour from me. And so I could go and see her and help her with anything she needed around the house. And, you know, normally I'm gone and she'll call me on the road and say, oh, my God, the air conditioner's broken. What do I do? (laughs) (laughs) The water heater went out. What do I do? And, you know, being a half hour away, I could easily just pop over there. Right. You know, but uh, being on the road, I'm like, okay, well, uh Call somebody. What do we do? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there were some positives about the COVID. I mean, it was actually really nice to slow down because I'm I usually book out my schedule like a nut and I'm always running around like I after, you know, I'm going to go to L.A. and see a show and, you know, I'm just, you know, just doing things. So it was nice to be kind of mellowed out and still searching and all those, in you know, introverted kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. Was it bad? uh, Exactly. It was, it was a great time to just, it, it gets, you know, you could sit back and really think about like, well, what can I do now that I've never had time to do or felt I didn't have time to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there was no, there was nothing pushing me to say, oh, I really should be doing this. You know, everything kind of just slowed down. Yeah, it definitely slowed down. Well, now you're back on the road. How does that feel? Really good. Yeah. On the other hand, really, <laughs> really good. good. Yeah. You know, I starting in uh, the beginning of July, uh, I was out with Don Felder for a bunch of dates. I've been playing with Don for the past, I think, 14 or 15 years. Uh, you know, I started playing with him shortly after I got uh, the job with Pat. And uh, so we, you know, Don is just incredible, an amazing musician, songwriter, guitar player, and guy. He's just so nice and fun to hang with. And uh, so, you know, being out, uh, he was kind of like the first test run of COVID touring for me, you know. Was it it indoor uh, venues or outdoor? (laughs) Uh, Mostly outdoor venues. There was a couple of indoor, like, casino venues uh, that, you know, that, um, you know, I, I don't know how to describe just the small casino theaters, Yes, but mostly outdoor. The very first one we did was like at a racetrack. So, you know, where you play in the middle of a horse racetrack and, uh, everybody's so far away. You yeah. Know? Uh, and that, that, that was, that was fun. weird. And 
It was, yeah, it, it just, uh, you know, normally you go to work and you're just like, oh, okay. But when uh, we first went back to touring during uh, COVID, you're kind of really aware of everybody around you, you know, uh, the stage hands, you're like, normally they'll come up, Hey, can I help you with something? And you know, you're like, um, no, thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm good. Uh, not that I'm afraid of anybody, but you know, I'm, I'm just thinking, I want to, I don't, I don't know where to, you've been. To, right. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, know. I, don't wanna, I mean, I trust everybody is, you know, healthy and doing well, but gosh, you know, I don't want to be the one that gets sick and we all go home. Right. So, uh, but you know, overall it was just so much fun and, uh, great to be doing, be getting back, doing what you're doing. And, you know, I, I wasn't really sure how many people would want to come and go to a concert, you know, because they're, I thought what, before we went out, I thought, well, what are they going to do? Space everybody, every other seat. Right. I mean, I I had all these preconceptions Mm -hmm. of what it was going to be. And it was just normal, you know, people would go and it, I guess leave it up to them to make their decision of, uh, you know, I'm going to just do what I do and take my chances, I guess. Yeah. Well, you know, this was because we saw you guys at the San Jose Civic. And so it was, you know, an indoor venue. And I was curious because at first they were blocking the seats and all that, a lot of control. And it it was really pretty normal. I have to admit, it felt normal. It, I mean, just that we had masks on. But it was pretty comfortable, and I, I was refreshed by that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, I, I guess they don't, you know, if they're going to do it, how do you, you know, you can't restrict it too much, or then what's the point? Yeah. People go, well, I don't want to go do this, you know. And the people were um, super nice. I can't tell you how nice the ushers were. They were just, you know, reminding, but gently. They weren't, yes. you know, police or anything acting like that they were just like hey just reminding you guys oh okay and everybody was everybody was in such a good mood you know we're happy to be back watching yeah because i imagine you know a lot of people you go and you're in the moment you're thinking oh this is what this is what i love to do and you know the last thing that we've all thought about is well uh everything i do now i have to think about this mask so when you have something that it brings you back to what you know you know that's, I don't think that's in the forefront of your mind. It's like when I, you know, I walk into the store and go, oh my God, my mask. And I walk back to my car and I get it or I pull it out of my pocket. Yeah. It just has, I mean, as even though it's been kind of what's been going on for a year and a half, you, we've got our lifetime of experiences that are, you know, that's not the norm. They're contrary to that. I know. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Not everybody that it was very kind to the to the people because yes i you know even before covid i'd see ushers really get rude with with people out in the audience someone who may be just standing up and having a good time and you know or i don't know and then you'd see this occasional person who's supposed to be in charge of controlling the public and they they overstep their boundaries and from the stage you're watching this going hey leave this guy alone he was just dancing and having yeah. a good time yeah, someone was slow dancing last night in the aisle. It was pretty cute, but they did they move along, move along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, move along. No one wants to see this. <laughs> exactly. Festival Nation, celebrating the magical world of music festivals. Let's hear another song from the San Jose show at the Civic on September 8th. Here's Pat Benatar, Neil Giraldo, and hit me with your best shot.
Hey, this is Marla Davies for Festival Nation. I'm talking with Chris Rollis, drummer for Pat Benatar and Neil Giraldo. The 2021 DeNovo Tour has been to Phoenix, Arizona, Kansas, Michigan, Ohio, Massachusetts, Connecticut, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. And in October, they're heading to West Virginia, New Hampshire, Tennessee, Georgia, North Carolina, Florida, and finally ending in Texas in late October. Chris, you've been touring, it seems, nonstop. Can I call you a hired gun, a professional touring musician? Yeah, that's I'm I'm a, a sideman. That's been my, you know, my career is a sideman. I love. I mean, you started on with Madonna as a tech, a percussion tech, right? So, you you really worked your way up. I read an article that you you were just you're so humbled. You were humbled by your experience that you you really learned the ropes from the bottom. I mean, you you moved up slowly and you seem very grateful for that. What would you advise to, you know, somebody doing the same thing you did? You know, I played drums my whole life, but there was a point in time, uh, how that, how that kind of happened real quickly is I was working as a product specialist for this company called Simmons. Uh, they were an electronic drum company and people who remember the 80s, uh, all the bands at one point had these hexagon looking plastic drums and they made, you know, an electronic drum sound. So I worked for that company. And when they started to get the big competition from other drum, electronic drum companies, they started going out of business. So I got, I got uh, laid off and I had met quite a number of, of musicians through that company. And, uh, so somebody heard that, you know, I was leaving the company and they asked me, would you like to be a drum tech? Uh, for Kenny Loggins for the summer, uh, Mike Baird, who was playing drums with Kenny that summer, needed someone because his tech uh, was moving on to to work with the cars. Okay. So I said, okay, this why not? I'm not, you know, the the drum company isn't happening anymore, and uh, you know, uh, playing in bar bands is fun, but you know, doesn't pay doesn't the make bills. You rich, yeah. So. Um, yeah, I said, sure. And went out for two years as drum tech for Kenny Loggins and, uh, then met, uh, somebody who said, would you like to go out with Madonna as a percussion tech doing the, you know, electronics, setting up Luis Conte's, uh, percussion and getting his electronics set up. That was kind of the, a big part of why I got the job. And I said, sure. So, you know, I thought, well, why not? This is, this is, you know, the money's great. I don't have to audition for the gig. Yeah. And uh, so I did two tours with her. I did the Blonde Ambition tour. And uh, three years later, the, uh, the Girly Show tour. And that was an amazing experience to see the world, uh, you know, o- over the course of those two tours. Something that, you know, a lot of bands... Uh, they, they work nationally or you might go to Canada or, you know, Mexico or something, but Madonna at the time and was still huge. is like, just huge. So you go to, you go all over the world for eight or nine months. Do you really and, get to uh, enjoy it? I mean, did you take time to go do a little sightseeing? Oh my God. There, well, because it's such a big tour, you know, it takes a couple of days to build the stage and get things ready. So I would have days off in every city. So of course I brought my bicycle with me and got to ride my mountain bike all over the world. 
And that, you know, I saw more uh, doing that than any other tour. Do you have and, a highlight uh, from that tour? Like is a country that, you know, would just blew your mind? Jeez. Uh, or, or is it all blurred uh, together at this it's point? It's blurry now, but I do remember having a really, really fun time uh, in Spain and uh, riding, you know, riding in Spain. Um, there were a couple of other guys on the tour that had mountain bikes. And so the three of us would take off and just see what we could see, you know, and get out of the city and ride up in the hills and have a good time. It does and, seem pretty glamorous. I mean, it's you're getting paid to sightsee. Of course, you have to work, too. But it does seem like a pretty cool life, I have to admit. It's it's really fun. I will not <laughs> lie. It's it's I you know this. I started doing the the touring thing uh, on this level in 1987, and every single year I've been on a tour, and uh, that that was what was so strange about the pandemic. I, I was a fish out of water. I didn't know what to do with myself. Not being on the road. I, I think you were, uh, had good company. There was a lot of folks feeling the same way, right? Yeah. Yeah. So crazy. You know, so this podcast is about, we love to do, you know, talk about festivals and I just thought we'd wrap it up. I just, I will ask you this, but I've also started featuring live, just live music because that's what it's all about. You know, everyone loves live music. I know I do, but if you, it would, can you have a festival moment that just, you know, do you have a love of festivals or is that just too big for you? Or is there, do you have a feeling about festivals? I, uh, you know, I, I really don't. I, I, I don't know that I've ever been on like the, a festival, you know, tour. We've done uh, some festival shows where there's 20 bands in a day, you know, and mm -hmm. it's just huge. It, it's overwhelming. But from uh, the musician's point of view, you know, you show up, you do your sound check. And then typically you'll get out of there and just go back to your hotel and then. Oh, you don't really stick back. around. So. No. Occasionally, if there's bands that, that I want to see, uh, it, then I will, you know, have the runner bring me back and I'll, I'll watch the bands that, that I really want to check out. And that, that's, and you know what, uh, that's really what the highlight is for me uh, on these, the, any festival show would be the, the bands that perform with us normally I might not be able to see them and it's a great opportunity to see it up close. You know, I could stand on the side of the stage or, you know, just really see it that from a uh, perspective that a lot of people don't as a fan, really. Yes. Yes. And, you know, I remember one year, uh, a friend of mine uh, who plays with the B 52s, you know, they were on a show with us and he said, Hey, come over and sit on the side and watch our show. And, that was fantastic to see those guys. They're so fun. They're so, there's um, nothing not fun about the B-52s. I know. They're incredible. Great. Super great. And, Do you ever go out in the audience sometimes? Because it's definitely a different perspective. Well, yeah, because, you know, no one knows who I am. I'm so anonymous. Uh, and so I can walk out in the crowd and not a, not a soul knows who I am unless they're a fan of the band I'm in. And so I can walk out there and just watch from the audience, uh, you know, and, love people watching so it's great to to just wander and you know check everybody out and uh but now different story you know we're we don't want to kind of wander out there right uh, right at right at this point but yeah back then back in the I, old you know, days yeah i used to love to 
to uh, any show. I'd go, you know, wander when people are walking in and just listen to what they talk about. A little eavesdropping is always fun. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's kind of fun. It's my secret world. (laughs) Well, you got, it's like you got the best of both worlds. You get to be on the big (laughs) stage, but then you can also be anonymous. So it's pretty cool. Well, thank you so much for your time. I know you're busy and you got to get ready and you got a show tonight. Thank you for this. Uh, I really enjoyed our conversation. Festival Nation, celebrating the magical world of music festivals. I'm Marla Davies. Thanks for joining me today on Festival Nation. And thanks to Chris Rollis, drummer for Pat Benatar's band and drummer for The Moon Drops. For more information about Chris, check out his website, chrisrallis, C-H-R-I-S-R-A-L-L-E-S.com. Always love to hear from you, and if you have a favorite festival memory to share, please reach out, shoot me an email, festivalnationpodcast at gmail.com, or hit me up on social, on Facebook and Instagram at Festival Nation, and on Twitter at Nation Festival, and check out all of our podcasts at the Pantheon Podcast Network at Pantheon Pods. You can also hear more about Pat Benatar at Benatar Geraldo and Chris Rollis at Chris underscore Rollis underscore drums. And you can always find me at Marla Davies. To hear music featured on this podcast, please check out the link in the show notes. Any music used in this Festival Nation podcast is owned by the artist and is used for education and illustration purposes only. Keep music alive and support your favorite artists by buying their music wherever you download it or go to your favorite record store. Thanks for checking out, liking, sharing, and following Festival Nation on the Pantheon Podcast Network and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Talk to you next time. Peace. Peace, love, and music. Thanks for being part of the tribe. From Marla Davies and everyone here at Festival Nation, until next time, tune in, turn on.